Hey, Shipper City. Thanks for listening. Before we jump into the episode, do me a favor and consider tapping that support this podcast link in your favorite podcast player. Every little bit helps us stay on the air and keeps us creating the content that you love. Be sure to follow along on social. We are on Tumblr, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at iShipItPod. You can head over to the website, iShipItPod.com, to sign up for email updates when new episodes are released. And you can send us emails at iShipItPod at gmail.com. And remember to rate and review us on whatever platform you're listening to and tell your friends that you ship it. So take a second, do all of that while you enjoy a word from our sponsors. Thor ate a lot of Pop-Tarts in these fanfics. It is a hot garbage fire. Do you not know what sex pollen is? I mean, phantom seed. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't care. I ship it. I don't care. I ship it. Hey there, geek girls, geek boys, and geeks beyond the binary. This is Emily J with the I Ship It podcast, your safe space on the internet for fan fiction, fandom, and all that stuff you've been pretending you're not reading on your phones. Hey guys, welcome back. I am so excited today because we have a very special guest, uh, what I like to refer to as my real life friends who are frequently like long time callers, first time listeners. Um, (laughs) I have one of my oldest and dearest friends with me today. It is Adri from Pennsylvania. Hey guys. Hi. How are you, my love? I am well. It is a actually not raining right now in Pennsylvania, which is kind of nice. Yesterday and for the last week, it has been pouring. So, oh no! Yes, the Allegheny is very high, and it looks the same color as like cafe au lait. So, oh yum! Yeah. <laughs> so, but currently not raining and sunny. So, yay! Yay! That is great. It sounds like it's a beautiful day to be stuck inside with me on the phone. I really um, don't mind. I got sunburned <laughs> earlier this week on the one day that it wasn't oh. raining and I had to go weed. <laughs> well, all right. Well, I'm glad that you're uh, that you're safely indoors yes. then because you can't be trusted in the sun. I, ca- I cannot. Um, I'm the, you know, the red and everything in my hair. Just no. Super, super fair. <laughs> she is. She's very fair. Very Irish. Um Celtic glass over here. <laughs> she is indeed. Um, so Adri is one of my oldest friends. We've been friends for a very long time. And um, also one of my total opposite friends. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I love that too. Um, probably one of those people that if like anybody, you know, first met us together, be like, mm, <laughs> why is this a thing that works? It just it does. It just does. does question yeah. It. It just does. Yeah, <laughs> we've been th- we've been through so many things on stage and off stage together that it just works. It does. It does work. And something um, that has always sort of drawn us together is our fangirlness, yeah. our fandom proclivities. And um, Adri, I don't know if you know this, but you're one of the first people I ever talked to in public. <laughs> about fanfic I may have known that I may have known that part like we were somewhere I don't remember we met for breakfast or something and we were somewhere and it was like you just started asking me about like a fic that I was writing and I was like oh my god what are you doing like people can hear you (laughs) yeah Jesus Christ we can't just talk about Newsies fanfic in the middle of a restaurant (laughs) what are you doing um but you were so cool about it that I was like okay I guess I guess maybe 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 we could talk about oh, this. Oh, yeah. So. Totally. Thanks. You're welcome. You're most welcome. 
Um, well, yeah, I just, I, I love writing myself. Uh, I got, mm-hmm. I was in a creative writing class when I was in sixth grade and it was taught by a high school teacher and there were a group of us, but I just, I loved the, the creativity of it. And mm-hmm. I ended up like after that year, I, I switched schools and writing kind of became something that kind of anchored me as a person. But I'm also the kind of person who doesn't necessarily like sad endings. I like endings that are poignant and very um, sometimes thought provoking. But if it makes Mm -hmm. me cry or if it if I can't sleep, um, I tend to want to rewrite the ending myself because I think I can do better than what, you know, the paid writer did. Um, There was one Hallmark movie. I forget what it was. It had Alexis. I remember you telling me. It had Alexis Bledel in it, and she was amazing. But the ending Mm -hmm. made me so sad, and I was like, "No, no, no, no!" And I looked at my husband, and he was like, "Are you okay?" I'm like, "No, you Hallmark isn't supposed to make me cry like this." So I spent two hours rewriting an epilogue to the end of the movie. I do remember you telling me this, and you were like, "And then I just gave it to." say his name give it to my husband and I was like here this is better right <laughs> he was like yeah that is yes better. <laughs> he was he was he actually enjoyed my ending more than he liked the the other one which was nice I thought was very flattering but yeah I remember sitting with you I think it was at Perkins um mm-hmm. and being like wait you, you're writing a fan fiction and I didn't realize that other people wrote it or read it because I started with it in college at Clarion mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Em and I both went to Clarion mm-hmm. and we but not at the same not time. at the same time we somehow missed each other but there there's like this Clarion group here in in Warren and we all just mm-hmm. kind of bonded about you know fly eagles fly and I was like wait a minute this girl's from Clarion and she loves fan fiction this is so cool and I was like, can I, can I tell her my dirty little secret that the first fan fiction I started reading was like Scully and Mulder fan fiction? You, I believe you did tell me. And I was like, here, replace my eyes with hearts and tell me all of your thoughts. And you were like, really? Are you sure? Like, it was like you, you were like expecting to be catfished. You were like waiting for like cameras to pop out and be like, this is not something we talk about in public. And I was like, no, girl, you're yes. right but we're going to talk about this. We are going to talk about this. And it, what was, what was nice about it is that anytime I, I reveal my sci-fi self, the side of me, sometimes I get laughed at and you didn't, you were like totally into it. Didn't matter that, you know, I like Star Trek, the original series or the next generation. You're like, I don't know what that is, but that's awesome. I don't know what it is, but I love that you love it. (laughs) And I was like, you could tell me anything happens in Star Trek. And I'd be like, probably tell me about how much you love it. And like, I started talking about all these characters and I, you, you, you kept nodding, which was great and smiling, which was even better. And, (laughs) um, I was like Riker and Troy. And you're like, who, never mind. Keep going. (laughs) We don't need to get in the weeds. Yes. Just tell me all about yeah. it. Yeah. No. So we just kept going mm-hmm. from there and it was, it's been <clears throat> awesome ever since. <laughs> it's true. And also um, Adrian and I have done theater together since that's how we met. Yes. And I always feel like theater friends, like you, you have to get to know each other a lot faster Yes. <laughs> when you're in a show together. Um, Community theater. You, you have to trust each other. 
Yeah. Um, you have to trust each other. Mm-hmm. You have to take care of each other and get to a different level of friendship faster than you would maybe in other forms of, uh, you know, meeting somebody. But uh, fun fact, Adrian and I uh, have swapped spouses on stage. At least twice. <laughs> At least twice. Uh, she has played opposite our silent sexy producer and I have played opposite her husband. Um and her best friend. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I, yes, I have claimed both her husband as my stage husband and her, their, like, as a couple, their best friend as my stage boyfriend. Yes. So um, really all that's left to complete my trifecta is for Adrian and I to play opposite each other <laughs> in something, um, which I'm I'm down yeah, for, whatever. obviously. Uh, I think we'd be great Frozen at it. I think the chemistry is- Let's do it. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> I think, yes, there's some love story out there that's just waiting for our particular take um so that that's my it's my goal (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if rural pennsylvania is ready for like a lesbian romance on stage but i think that if anybody's going to bring that to that (laughs) beautiful opera house it's me no longer a resident (laughs) coming in shaking things up kissing girls on the face and then leaving uh (laughs) taking off into the night um so just keep in mind, Shipper City, uh, look for that. <laughs> upcoming production. Uh, upcoming production. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. But so, so um, your, so how did you, like, what was your, like, as far as, okay, so something else about Adri is that uh, you have, like, childhood interests, like, from when you were a kid, like, the shows that you yep. watch, the movies that you watch that are not <laughs> typical of somebody your age. No. I'm just going to be honest no, with you. No, they're not. They're more like my mother's yes. age. Because yeah. right. where I grew up, which isn't in Warren, but where I grew up mm-hmm. um, west of here, uh, the only channels that we could get that had you know stuff that I could watch at the, that was appropriate – like mm-hmm. Saturday morning, we didn't watch cartoons because we, we had a church thing that we did on Saturdays. But we, right. when we came back from that. Um, the forerunner to ABC Family had like Westerns. So mm-hmm. I grew up watching <laughs> Zorro and <laughs> the Big Valley and Gunsmoke mm-hmm. and MacGyver when my dad came home. Um, so yeah, my 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 childhood faves and the and the Hollywood husbands and crushes that I had are uh-huh. a lot older than me. <laughs> I know Adrian was like seven, and she was like, "Errol Flynn is so dreamy." <laughs> well, he was in Captain Blood. Before I knew, he was. you know, in 1939, all of his... he was very attractive. Yeah. yeah, before I knew all of his, you know politics and the fact that he would inject you know vodka into oranges uh, on set when they banned him from actually drinking um oh god yeah not to mention his like predatory behavior of like very underage girls yeah the in mm. like flynn quote is actually you know what they wanted to call a biography of him <laughs> gross just a bit yeah um so yeah so when i asked about like 
I'm talking about like I think about my first fandoms and it was like Mighty Ducks and uh, then later like that I really got into like Harry Potter. Um, I mean, I know that you're a huge Harry Potter yes. fan, obviously, but yes, like when you were a kid, was there ever something that you saw that you were like, oh, I want to write. I want. Would you ever have that feeling of like I want to write fanfic, even though you didn't maybe know what fanfic was? Yeah. At that point. Um, <laughs> yes, it was um, the Big Valley, which is a uh, which okay. is a western. Um, I I have a thing for guys with dark hair, which is going to mm-hmm. shock no one who knows who my my husband is. Um, I and I tend to veer away from people who are very blonde only because my younger <laughs> brother is extremely blonde. So I'm like, no, that's just, that can stay over there and be fine. There's a line. There's a line. We don't cross it. Um, but I really liked the oldest brother in the Big Valley, who is Jared. And he's, okay. he's smart. He's the lawyer. He's the calmer of them. Um, and I just mm-hmm. thought he, I thought he was really cute. But I was like seven at the time. Right. So I, I didn't understand, you know, at that point yet what fan fiction really was and but right yeah through growing up um and and moving and things like that um I did also like Joshua Jackson in Mighty Ducks I thought he was really cute now see he's the one I couldn't like because he he is a spitting image of my brother yeah Yeah. I was like well everybody else can have him yeah so thanks I want uh, I'm trying to remember what the first fan fiction I wrote was mm-hmm. I remember what it was it was Mulder and Scully that I read but I don't mm-hmm. remember what the first one I wrote was cuz what I tended to do was more take characters that I liked from sometimes even different TV shows and put them into a story mm-hmm. together yeah. and look at you you little crossover yeah. genius you you That's didn't me. even realize that it That is me <laughs> um but through as 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 I grew up, there there came to be several people that I that I really started to like just as people before I started mm-hmm. to like them as really as actors, and they kind of stayed the same <laughs> for the last fifteen years or so. <laughs> and the first one of that was Hugh Jackman. Okay, that's a solid choice. Yeah, he plays good characters. Well, yeah, usually. <laughs> I was going to say, I won't get into The Greatest Showman because I don't think that movie should have been made. But anyway, (laughs) (laughs) I think it it easily could have been made about a fictional character. Yeah. Not based on the real person who was horrible. It's definitely a fictionalized version of this person. Yeah, Yeah. it's, it's, you know, but like they could have been more clear and made it more fictional. Personally, we won't get into it. That's okay. Who doesn't love Hugh Jackman? We all love Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he does usually play. He usually plays a good guy. Usually, yeah. The times where he isn't, I mean, it's like, but he he should be a, he should be a good guy. Why why isn't he? It's kind of like when they try the to make movie... Cary Grant into a bad person. You're like, no, he's Cary Grant. He's supposed to stay a nice person. Listen, he's typecast because he's a nice person and that's the end of it. I refuse to let him break out of that box. Get over Pretty it. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, oh, I watched – what did I watch with him that I – oh, well, Logan, but I don't blame Hugh Jackman for that. No. That was such a dirge. I was like, I feel like I just watched his funeral. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel old on a good day. I don't need to watch – 
this is this is my issue with like everyone's like this needs a gritty take. No, it fucking doesn't. We have it absolutely grit in our real lives. We don't need not. it in our fiction. Well, and it's like I I'm not saying I like grew up idolizing Wolverine, but like it was a real bummer. Yes. <laughs> to watch him be like a grumpy, angry old man. And it's like the same thing with like it's the same way I feel about like Creed. Mm-hmm. Even though Creed was a great movie, I didn't watch Creed too. But like Creed was a great movie, but I really did not like that. Like so much of it centered around like. Also, look at how old Sylvester Stallone is. Look how old Rocky is. I know. Look how Rocky has cancer now. It's like, oh my god, he's already lost his wife. He may or may not be friends with his son anymore. I don't. Like I Rocky Rocky when I was a kid, like Rocky was my hero. Yeah. I don't want to watch my hero undergo like dialysis for fuck's sake. Yeah. Like this is sad. So yeah, so there's a lot of like everyone's like, oh yeah, and this, you know, millennial nostalgia is where all the money is. I totally get that, but also please do not make it a gritty, like, look how old these people are. Yeah. <laughs> like, let us breathe, okay? We- and if Talia Shire doesn't want to come back, that's okay. She doesn't have to be in it. You can fake your own a phone call with her. She just, she doesn't have to be dead. Just, I mean, just, it was, yeah, it was a great movie, but I was like, wow, this is really a sad, depressing look at the end of Rocky's, like, let's follow the final chapters of Rocky's life. Great. My dad loves those movies. He absolutely Mm -hmm. loves those movies. I'm pretty sure I have watched Rocky one, one and three at least three or four times because those mm-hmm. are dad's favorites. They're the best ones. And of course my dad's favorite <laughs> movie is the wrath of Khan, which is a star Trek movie. So that's what I grew up with. And I constantly got, you know, Yo, from that all through high school, which is why my name is abbreviated now. Right. Uh, <laughs> but I loved just the, the story. Sylvester Stallone did a great job in Rocky's Rocky in the early Rockies of writing that character. Mm-hmm. And he understood it really, really well. And I didn't, I don't think it needs to go to Rocky's end. It's fine. Leave it. Stop. It's fine. Please let us watch the best part of Rocky's life. Yes. That's it. That's all we needed. Yes. And like, he goes through trials and tribulations over the course of five he films. Does. Of course he does. But like, it's still he's still on top. Yes. And <laughs> that's the quintessential part of Rocky. He's the underdog that we all want to win. And yes. he doesn't win the big fight, but he wins the girl. And he gets his dog right, back. Yeah. And he still has those right? turtles, apparently. See, spo- spoiler alert, if somehow since <laughs> 1978 you haven't watched Rocky. Uh, it turns out okay for yeah. him. <laughs> yeah, spoiler alert. But apparently he because still has those two little turtles, Cuff and Link. He still has them. <laughs> well, yeah, because turtles, if you let them, turtles will live for 60 years. That's true. <laughs> like, They'll probably outlive him. At this rate. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't watch Creed 2. I don't know if he's in it or not, but I, I didn't look good yeah, in Creed in the first Creed. I haven't seen it either, so I don't know. First Creed was great. Michael B. Jordan is amazing. He really but, is. Um, yeah, it was... Uh, it was hard. It's hard to watch. It's hard to watch the old boy. Um, but anyway, so we got a little bit off track because what we actually want to talk about today. So, and when I talk about how Adrian and I are very different people, um, <laughs> we have a very different idea of 
naughty idea. Different tastes yeah. in a lot of things. Yeah. Um, now I say this all the time. Uh, everybody who listens to the show knows how I feel about tea. <laughs> Don't like it. It's mud. <laughs> it's dirt. It's warm dirt in a cup. Um, or, and you love tea more than anything in the world. I, I do. I real. I, I I can't drink coffee for one thing. It, it's too right. acidic for me. It makes my stomach very upset. But mm-hmm. uh, I do love tea. Um, I love all the different mm-hmm. flavors of it. Um, I was talking about it with some of my other uh, friends the other day, and my mother had given me the official White House cookbook from like mm-hmm. originally published 1878 or something like that. Oh, cute. And there's a section on tea. And I was reading it, <laughs> and the person who was writing the section on tea was talking about how they have interviewed. And again, this is not me saying this. This is what the book said. A Chinese person <laughs> okay. who uh, was interviewed about how tea should be drunk. And he said that it should not be mixed with sugar. It should not be mixed with milk because that changes the flavor. I'm like, y- mm-hmm. yes, <laughs> to improve it. Yes. <laughs> but they made the correlation between the tannins that are in tea and the tannins that are sometimes in leather and according to Mm -hmm. this person if you put milk and sugar in your tea you're essentially drinking boot tea like leather boot (laughs) so that is now officially apparently what my book club calls tea is boot tea (laughs) um that's cute because if you say it fast it sounds like boot yeah um (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's probably why we've been giggling See, quite a bit about it. This is, I was going to say, this is why I don't go to book club anymore. Um, also, we miss you. Please come back. <laughs> also, I believe this might have been the last book club that I was ever at. I have to share this story because it's my favorite. Um, so I don't know that I've ever shared with Shipper City my true feelings and thoughts on Outlander. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sorry, that came out really loudly. But I know them. Continue. <laughs> but you know them, my love. Um, so we were in book club together and uh, big shock. A bit of an outsider. Uh, did not typically share all of the same opinions as everybody else in book club, which is why I brought it a, f- a refreshing voice to the group, I think. Yes. And uh, <clears throat> so one of our very dear friends recommended Outlander, the series, uh, at least the first one, she said it. It's her favorite book. She loved it so much. And she gave a breakdown of like the elements of it. And I was like, this is my jam. Six Waves from Sunday. Fuck yeah, let's do this. Let's like, I will tear this book. Time apart. travel, Scotland, Run. hot guy. Yeah. Time travel, World War II, yeah. love story across the ages like just like all kinds of cool shit i was like yes let's do this so i start reading it and i was like wow i hate this (laughs) i hate this so much it was a it was like a punishment page after page after page i got that is a long book by the way it's It's like 500 plus it's thick they're all you could hurt somebody yeah they're all like that she's long-winded uh you could hurt somebody with this book it's a weapon Mm -hmm. and so i got like halfway through and because I kept telling myself, there, it has to get better. <laughs> I trust the person who recommended this book. Several people. Very we much. had people coming out of the woodwork to talk about this book. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, they must all know something that I don't. Well, what they know is the ability 
to not have a scumbag brain <laughs> imagining these characters. That's what they know. I don't know that. So we, so it was like I got 258 pages uh-huh. in and finally Jer was like, you have to stop reading that book because I am tired of listening to you hate it <laughs> out loud so much. You're making all of us miserable. And I'm like, fair point. So I stopped reading it, which is hard for me to do. Put it down and was like, I'll just keep my mouth shut at book club. And he was like, well, good luck with that. <laughs> and so I went to book club and I was drinking my coffee and eating my pie and I was being very quiet. <clears throat> Which was everybody was just, gush, 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 gush. Oh, we love Claire so much. Oh my God, Jamie's so hot. So romantic. And I was just sitting there eating my snacks, minding my own business. And the woman who recommended the book was like, Emily, what did you think? And I was like, God damn it. No, you're not supposed to ask me. I can't. Mm, um, I, I, mm, well, uh, it, uh, uh, hmm, uh, it just, you know what? I actually, I tried really hard, but it just wasn't for me. Now that to me feels like, okay, <laughs> that was as nice as I could have been. Cause I really hated this book. And I knew that. And, she, and I thought you did a great was, job. <laughs> she was like, Oh, what do you mean? I thought you would love it. I was like, no, don't ask for details. And I was like, <laughs> I thought I would love it too. But it turns out I didn't. Um, there were just things I couldn't get past that I, I just didn't like. And so everybody, of course, starts trying to like pull apart, like, what didn't I like? And I was like, and I really just couldn't get behind the main love story because I actually, I was really rooting for her husband, Yeah, Frank. Frank. I was like, I was really into him. And so the fact that that wasn't, again, spoiler, spoiler alert, <laughs> this book has been out since 1994. And there's a series that everybody fucking knows what happens in it. Um, but I was like, since like, that didn't seem to be the thing, the main end game love story that I was supposed to be in support. I was like, it was actually really difficult for me to find Jamie to be all that attractive. And everyone's like, what? And I was like, yeah, it's just not my type. Like, it's just not, it's just not my thing. Um, and, and all these questions and I kept like avoiding it. And finally, Adri, knowing me better than anybody else in the room was like, Emily, who were you picturing when she described Frank? <laughs> and I was like, God damn you. And I said, uh, I was picturing Tom Hiddleston. Like he's described as being like tall and slim and very athletic looking and has like very chiseled features mm-hmm. and dark hair. I was like, I was picturing Tom Hiddleston. And she was like, okay, I could get that. She's like, and who were you picturing when she described Jamie? And I said, I know he was a real person. I know this for a fact. I was like, but all I could picture was the dad from Brave. I'm pretty sure our pastor's wife snorted tea out her nose at that point. She did. <laughs> um, she did because I was like, I know she didn't fall into a Pixar movie. I know that. Okay. I know that it. That may have made it better. <laughs> it's like, but all I could think about was the dad, the king from Brave. <laughs> Merida's dad with like his giant Pixar dad head and like weird, crazy red curly hair. And like, I just, I was like, the, the romance is gone. I can't get over it. And everybody was like, oh, well, if that's the case, then yeah, you're going to have a terrible time trying to read the rest of this book. <laughs> now, I do have a question going back to that. Mm. 
could you now try reading it again, picturing Sam Hugan in your head? No. Okay. No, I tried. Well, I'm glad you did. <laughs> I did try. And I even tried watching an episode of Outlander, knowing that the people I had in my brain were incorrect. Okay. And that these people were what I was supposed to be <laughs> I was supposed to be seeing. And I was still like, mm, this is just not, this is no. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> so I did try. I tried several times. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's like, I think that's a perfect example of how our, yeah. Yeah. our dynamic works. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> I liked it. I liked the book or well, yes. parts of it. There were parts that I was mm -hmm. like, uh, this is weird. Even for someone who has Scottish, Irish, Celtic ancestry, this is still weird. Mm -hmm. um, and I want, I love Diana Gabaldon, but please, dear God, finish this series so I can read them. Is it not done yet? No. I think oh she's still got another God. to finish. What? Ugh. And I, okay. I was introduced to her because one of my college roommates absolutely loves Diana Gabaldon and has met her on several occasions, apparently. And she loved the Outlander series. Mm -hmm. But at that point, there were still three books, I think, to come out. And I think, okay. there's, I think there's still one more or she's hinted that there's one more coming. Oh, my God. So... <laughs> And I, as I may have alluded earlier, I do not like cliffhanger endings and or sad mm -hmm. endings. Like mm -hmm. season two of Virgin River, not good for Adri to watch. Adri had to buy the book and read it because she oh, no. was not okay. And her husband was rather concerned. <laughs> um, yeah, but... Um, I want her to finish it and I want, I'm not, I'm not going to watch the series until they at least finish making the series. Cause then I'll binge it and it'll be great. Right. Um, so yeah, so you'll, yeah, you don't, you don't do well with a, with a cliffhanger, no. um, which is totally fine. <laughs> another way we're <laughs> the different. other thing, <laughs> another way I'm like, I'll just make my own ending. I don't give a shit. <laughs> that's probably oh, that's you're never what I finish do this? when fine. I don't like the ending. Yeah. Like, rewrite the dang thing. <laughs> Fine. If you want something done right, I have to do it. So I'll just <laughs> do it anyway. <laughs> so um, the other thing about Outlander that I couldn't get over is that it she she gets sucked back into what like the it is it the seventeen hundred late seventeen yeah it's pre American Revolution um, but it's Kay. during a time period called the Jacobite Rebellion when okay uh, the person who's on the throne is descended from a Scottish royal family as well. But mm -hmm. because the direct line of Scottish descent of the royal family is Catholic, the English parliament does not want Catholics ruling or sitting on the throne. So they were deposed and they're hiding in France at the time. Because as we know, there's nothing more sinister than the worst enemy of all, a slightly different form of Christian. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely must shed so much blood. Yeah. Um, so regardless, uh, it is well before uh, indoor plumbing. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> my biggest issue is that she's in this like – she starts off on her second honeymoon or whatever with her Tom Hiddleston-esque husband and <laughs> in this cute little bed and breakfast in Scotland and it's like 
1945 and everybody looks great and it's like well quaffed or whatever and then she sucked back into time where i can't get over the fact that how badly everyone must have stunk yes i mean just the lack of personal hygiene and on top of that i know that the way they used to clean their clothes was with sheep's wool or with the sheep's urine so it was like i can't imagine trying to have sex with somebody who smelled that bad let alone someone who's been wearing a wet wool kilt (laughs) (laughs) sorry yeah nope nope yeah Um, can't Get over it. Can't. Yeah. Cannot. Will not. Just. It's not going to happen. The, if I were ever given the opportunity to travel back in time, I would only go back a certain amount of time because <laughs> I need at least penicillin and Seriously, so, like basic antibiotics. Soap. I don't care if it's handmade. Soap. Like my sister makes her handmade soap. That's fine. No, that's fine. That's fine. But it needs but if to you're have like... soap. <laughs> Here, throw some lye in your hair every three months just to keep the lice away and then like, you know, <clears throat> splash some water on your face. Hi, I'd rather be dead. Is there a plague I can sign up for? Yes, just Thanks. go to London. As soon as possible, please. Go to London. You'll probably catch syphilis. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. It was in the air. Syphilis was in the air in London syphilis, like, cholera. for hundreds of years. Yeah. <laughs> like, That's fine. As quickly as I can check out, please. That's what I want. Um. So yeah, so then, uh, so that's, that's, (laughs) so that's my baggage. Um, but something that we also do not agree on, uh, go ahead and say it. It's fine. (laughs) No, no, it's fine. This is actually the topic of our conversation (laughs) today. Um, and it's, and it's, I'm, I'm excited to talk about something that I don't like because Adri loves it so much. I do. She loves it so much. Um, it is pride and prejudice. And, uh, and all of, well, you love anything that's Regency. I do. Yeah. I would say. And anything Jane Austen wrote, yeah. you're uh, into. Almost anything. I, I, I am not in love with Mansfield Park. That's so funny. It's the only one I like. <laughs> okay. We'll get to why you like that and why I don't. Um, I like parts of it. Okay. I like parts of it. Um, but yeah. Uh, Pride and Prejudice was my introduction to Jane Austen. Okay, but um, why don't you why don't you uh, go through your summary of what you? Th- so I, I told Adri I wanted to play a game. Of she's gonna put she's gonna time me for sixty okay. seconds, and I'm going to try and explain the plot of Pride and Prejudice as I know it. Um, <laughs> now Adri is one of she's one in a million, but she is also one of a million who have tried. In vain, unfortunately, <laughs> to make me fall in love with this property the way that they do. Uh, all through college, all through high school, most of the women I know have a very, very soft spot in their heart for Pride and Prejudice that I would love so much <laughs> to share. Um, but alas, uh, so th- so I do have a I have a cursory knowledge. I've okay. seen the movies. I've I've read, I think I've read the whole thing. None of it absorbed. Um, I also read Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, thinking that maybe that was <laughs> that was going to be the thing. Nope, nope, didn't. That's a long joke. That you're if you're not super on board. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so 
So, so based on that, um, Adri's going to give me 60 yeah. seconds. I'm going to try and explain Pride and Prejudice in that time. And then she, the English teacher, is going to grade me okay. on how I did. All right. All right. So tell me when. And three, two, one. Okay, so there's five Bennett siblings. Uh, Jane is the oldest and good. Lizzie, second, also good. Other three, uh, Mary, Kitty, and Lydia, bad. Um, Mom is crazy, but like not in like a fun, crazy way, just like awful. Dad is super uninterested. Um, Meets Darcy, whose first name is Fitzwilliam, which is a bummer, and he's a jerk to her. Lizzie, by the way, this is Lizzie's main character. He's a jerk. He's like, hey, uh, you're not that attractive and you don't dance very well and your family sucks, but maybe we should get married. And she's like, uh, please go to hell. And he's like, oh, okay, that's weird. You don't like me, even though I said all of those really mean, untrue or totally true things about your family. And she's like, yeah, I don't like you. Go away. Um, and so then Jane meets a nice man named Mr. Bingley, um, who is good and has no issues and they go off together or maybe they don't. I don't know. Um, and then at the end, at one point they, they touch hands and Mr. Darcy freaks out. And then, uh, at the end he comes back and he's like, sorry, I was an asshole. Um, if you don't ever want to talk to me again, I'll understand, but I do love you a lot. And we should stand in this field where the sun is shining. And I should tell you that because you're Kira Knightley. And she's like, okay, I also love you. It's fine. Um, even though you were a jerk about my family, they do suck, but thank you for saying sorry. <laughs> And then they get married and everybody lives happily ever after the end. <coughs> uh, sorry, I'm good. We'll have to cut it that out. Huh. That was amazing. You actually get a B plus for that. A B plus, yes. yay! You you nailed the characters, correct? You actually got all of the younger sisters in order. Well done. Oh, did yes. I? Oh, good. I knew Lydia was the youngest. I didn't know about the two yeah, in the Mary, middle. Though. Mary and Kitty, um, or Catherine. Uh, you're right. They're all bad in their own way. Um, you're right. Mr. Darcy does freak out about the hand thing. Yes, he <laughs> do, he is a total jerk to her when he first uh, they first meet. Um, but everything else you you said was correct. The, there are a few things that you're missing and part of why he was, why he was a jerk to her. Um, he actually broke Jane and Bingley up deliberately. <gasps> what a douche. Uh, yes, but it was because as he says in a very, very long letter to Lizzie, um, mm -hmm. he didn't, because Jane is herself is very shy and very calm and complex. Like when she, she doesn't express a lot with her face in public. Mm -hmm. um, he honestly thought that Jane didn't care about Bingley at all. Oh, that, so he's doing this for Bingley's own yes, good. He, that's what he thought. Okay. Okay. Um, what we also, uh, what we also missed in that otherwise lovely um, interpretation <laughs> of the very well done book report. Um, was the character of Wickham. Oh, yes. I did. I did. I don't remember what his role is other than I know that Lydia elopes with yes. him and it's like shame and scandal. Yes. All up and down the um, house. Wickham and Darcy grew up together. Uh, okay. Wickham is, uh, was born on the Darcy estate called Pemberley. Mm -hmm. And his father worked Pemberley. for the 
for the estate. He was the estate manager. Mm -hmm. And he is a um, horrible person. He is basically a pedophile because Lydia herself is only 15 um, in this. And he is at least 22. Gross. Gross. Not even, I'm sorry, even by like Regency standards. Ew. Yeah, to a, to a point, yes, you're right. Um, <clears throat> Lizzie herself is only 22 also. Mm-hmm. Fitzwilliam is probably, and Fitzwilliam is his mother's maiden name. That's why he's called that. Still sucks. It's, yeah, Still a it's, bummer. It's weird. <laughs> it's weird, but that's, that's where he gets it from. Um, but Wickham tried to run away with Darcy's younger sister. Lydia. No. No. With Darcy's jo- younger sister, not Lizzie's. Darcy's younger yeah, sister. Georgiana. Georgiana. Okay. And Georgiana All Darcy right. is pretty much what we would call now like um a cup like a cupcake. She's so cute and so sweet and so like I just want my older brother to be happy. I don't care what that takes. So whatever you need, I'll just sit here and play piano. <laughs> Um, but Wickham (laughs) almost seduces her. Darcy finds out about it and basically saves her. But because Mm -hmm. he doesn't want a scandal and he doesn't want Georgiana's name dragged through the dirt, he doesn't tell anybody. And he lets Wickham get away with some scandal mongering of his own. And Wickham lies Mm -hmm. to Lizzie about Darcy. So she has a prejudiced opinion about Darcy to begin with. Wickham picks up on that. And because she is too proud to admit that she may have made a mistake and Darcy is also accused of being very proud. A lot of people think he's actually just really, really shy and has social anxiety because. Yeah, he just seemed like the kind of person who does have no idea how to talk to somebody he might be. He really doesn't like when when he insults uh, Lizzie's um, at the dance. Um, mm-hmm. Bingley's trying to get him to dance and he's like, no, I don't know any of these people. <laughs> and right. he's a, and James, Jane and Bingley have been dancing this whole time. Mm-hmm. And Bingley says, well, there's one of Jane's sisters. She's very pretty. And Darcy has the famous line. Well, she's tolerable, I suppose, but not handsome enough to tempt me, which is, he's trying to get what? Bingley off his back. Hey prince yeah he's trying to get bingley off his back but he doesn't realize that lizzie can hear him Mm -hmm. and she does and she's like you haven't danced with anybody except the people you came in with this is a town gathering you should be used to things Mm -hmm. like this your wealth and status because we all know that you have this huge estate in derbyshire you are worth Mm -hmm. ten thousand pounds a year which is ten? It was is two thousand pounds more than an English lord would be worth at that time. Okay. So he is really wealthy. It's loaded. He's loaded, and that's loaded. not All that's right. just what the estate itself brings in. I was listening to a mm-hmm. a, uh, a YouTube video about this. His estate is worth ten thousand pounds. That doesn't include any investments. So he okay. So he's just like a really so he's a super rich dude. Yeah, and he he's descended from an earl on his mother's side as well. Okay, so that's where the Fitzwilliam name comes from. Mm-hmm. But um, he also has an aunt, Lady Catherine de Bourgh, who is the queen bitch of all time. <laughs> I was gonna say she's like really awful yes. about 
him marrying below his status, yes, right? Yes, she thinks the shades okay. of Pemberley will be thus polluted. Oh, my goodness, clutch your pearls. Yes, pretty much. Um, played to perfection by Dame Judi Dench in the 2005 Kira Knightley version. Um, she just, she <laughs> yeah, uses her wealth a, and status. If you need a tough bitch royalty that nobody likes, Judi Dench is the way to go. I love her dearly in everything she's ever I done. I do, too. She seems like a delightful she, person. Um, she's always done a wonderful job, but a lot of the time she gets cast yes. as that and she plays it yes. to perfection. But Lady Catherine uses her privilege and her position and her money to bully her way into getting what she wants. And with Darcy and Elizabeth, this is the first time that she doesn't get that. Because nice. after Wickham and, Ju- and Lydia elope, Darcy's the one who finds them. He uses all of the contacts mm-hmm. that he possibly can to find them. And most of them, I'm guessing, are from when he had to do the same thing with Georgiana, um, even though it didn't go quite that far. Um, But he pays off all of Wickham's debts. Wickham, at this point, cannot go back to his job in the military. So he purchases a new position for him in a different military regiment, which cost a lot of Mm -hmm. money at that time. Um, And... Darcy is really actually kind of cool about it because he tells Lydia's uncle, Lizzie and and Lydia's uncle, Mr. Gardner, you take credit for this. Do not tell Elizabeth what I did. Do not tell anybody what I did. But, you know, everything's taken care of. So he's... Well, that's nice. At this point, he has realized I've been a total ass. And and Lizzie even says... This is all stuff he does after Lizzie's like get bent. I don't want to talk to you because you're me. She actually tells him if you, um, you are the last man on earth I could possibly pre- be presumed upon to marry. Um, and your actions are not the actions of a gentleman. She knows this word for word guys. I bet <laughs> if I said start from page one and recite, uh, I know the first line, it. but not, not the first <laughs> whole page. Um, but that, shakes Darcy into thinking about his life and how he how he's treated people. And he realizes, as he tells Elizabeth later, that he was given good principles as a child, but was left to grow to grow up without any guidance in how to use them. And he okay. he's let his shyness and his preference for just, you know, being left alone to kind of overwhelm him. And it isn't until Elizabeth starts hearing uh, someone other than Wickham talk about him and it, mm-hmm. uh, that she realizes I've also misjudged this guy because she goes to visit all these fancy houses with her aunt and uncle. And one of them is Pemberley. Mm-hmm. And the housekeeper adores Mr. Darcy. She, she says, I've never had a better master. He's always taken such good care of us. He's always here when we need him. We can talk to him about things. And I'm paraphrasing, but um, Lizzie's like, that's okay. Oh, wow. Did I really misjudge him that badly? And then she finds out what Wickham did with Georgiana and Georgiana, Mm -hmm. a cinnamon roll is is the word I was trying to think of earlier. I like cupcake too, but yeah, I I figured you were trying to say cinnamon Yes, I was. Um, (laughs) Georgiana just melts Mm -hmm. Lizzie's heart. And Lizzie is forced to protect Georgiana in some ways because uh, someone else, Bingley's sister, starts hinting about Lizzie liking Wickham. And Georgiana's playing the piano in the, in the 1995 version and she actually makes a mistake. And Lizzie's like, no, stay away. Leave, leave Georgiana alone. And Mr. Darcy kind of melts at that point. <laughs> 
Um, now there are a billion versions of this yeah. and uh, <laughs> movies and miniseries and what have you. Um, also, I'm told and I'm I'm getting this vibe. I, I think I remember hearing this, but that Bridget Jones's diary is supposed to be a sort of modern Pride and Prejudice yes. take to the point that they have the same actor. <laughs> Playing the Mr. Darcy playing, character. Yes. Yeah. Playing the Darcy-esque character. Yes. And uh, he does, she does overhear him at the New Year's Eve or New Year's Day party saying, I don't want a woman who drinks like a fish and dresses like her mother. Yes. Um, who smokes like a train and drinks like a fish and dresses like her yeah. mother. And she's like, oh, hey, cool. I'm going to go uh, sleep with Hugh Grant. Then. <laughs> yeah. um, which is fine. <laughs> Excellent use of time and resources bridget um but uh yeah so that was a version um i do also think every time i watch you've got mail um it's not quite a pride and prejudice sort of story but it is um you can find it does have one of the go ahead yeah, you can find elements yeah. of of each um they actually have an argument there, but about I also it do- around the caviar table <laughs> And I do love the the scene where it's all in voiceover and they're she's telling him, you know, by email that she reads Pride and Prejudice at least once every year and she's read it a million times and she loves it so much and she thinks he should read it because she knows he'll love it. And there's a scene of Tom Hanks and he's reading the book and he keeps putting it down and rolling his eyes and drinks <laughs> really long drink of a beer. <laughs> yeah. And then he like hypes himself up and he's like Okay, yeah. <laughs> picks it up again. I was like, "That is Adrian." <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Um, we we both have you know a different favorite book, and um, I, as you can tell, I I can talk about it till Kingdom Come, <laughs> which you could do with your favorite book too. I'm sure I could. Um, I I yeah, I mean that's the thing. I don't want to like. Her mom texted her before and was like, why are you doing this podcast if you're going to just argue about it? And I was like, listen, we're not going to argue about anything. There is no argument to be had because in order to argue, you have to have some hope of pulling the other person to your side. And I think that my opinions are pretty firm and I would never in a million years want to be like, Adri, let me shit all over your favorite (laughs) book in the entire world and make you hate it. That would be awful. (laughs) the worst thing anybody could do it would not be nice no (laughs) it would not be nice and there'd be no point to it so i just love how i do love how much you love it and i love how much it means to (laughs) you you. um and that's what i told my mom and she was like oh okay then (laughs) yeah there's no there's no i would never want to take any enjoyment of this away from you i do think that our uh it's kind of also similar i feel like how we feel about downton abbey (laughs) Where because I was not interested until you mentioned the servant who's like, oh yeah, no, he's a he's a great dude. Because I, I think of as we know, uh, come from serving stock. <laughs> um, I am descended from a long line of uh, waitresses and coffee makers and uh, you know people who not not directly descended because my mom was never. A, she worked in food service, I guess, but not for her career. But I truly believe that the, the the basis of my bloodline comes from people who waited on other people. Yeah. And um, so I 
the thing that drives me nuts the most about all Regency stuff and all Victorian or basically anything where there's there's a clear serving class and a clear not serving class is that the serving class is usually treated like garbage. Yeah, unfortunately. And it's like, like, just fine. It's like normalized. Yeah. Downton Abbey yeah. definitely it's, broke that mold. <laughs> they did. Yeah. Which is why I liked it and why I why Sybil was my favorite character because she ran away with a driver and she was like, no, I'm just like, just, I don't need my money and my title anymore. And nothing to do with the fact that he was hot and Irish. He was, (laughs) and he could drive. (laughs) We've all been there. Who among us? (laughs) Who among us when oppressed by our parents, our whole lives does not meet a hot guy with an accent and a car and be like, (laughs) that's for me. Hopping right in in my pants <laughs> that I'm not allowed to wear. <laughs> Only if you call them a, a, a frock and and they're blue. A frock. <laughs> she look. They did look. Actually, I really liked them because they looked like Princess Jasmine. They pants did, and they look really, really comfy. Uh, they did look so comfy. Um, but yeah, so so when I always think about Adriana and our difference of of how we view, I think it's because I'm a of servant stock and she is clearly a very <laughs> aristocratic <laughs> if i am nature. it's way far away that's fine you're fancy you like tea you like things that are nice and china sets <laughs> can i can i share my favorite story yeah, of us? go ahead it's your okay. story um so <laughs> so to get off drop topic sort of i feel like i feel like china sets are uh uh thing that was very important to people in the Regency era. They would have been. So so I have, not to brag, a lot of dead people in my life. And those dead people um, tend to leave me one specific item, which is a full set of China. And uh, again, not to brag, a lot of dead people, a lot of full sets of China. Don't have them on my person necessarily exactly, but they are either like I know where they are or I know who I'm supposed to expect said China from. So I don't know what to do with this, right? And I had one set of bone China um, from an ancestor uh, that I had moved with four times by the time this story, when we set our scene. Uh, I had moved apartments four times with this box of very well-preserved, well-kept, well-packaged bone china from like the turn of the century that I had never opened. It was packaged. It was willed to me. I put it in a closet and I just kept moving with it. So never opened it, never looked at it, never did anything. Finally, it was like, we have to downsize. We have to get rid of some of this stuff And it was like the tape is still on. It's not even like ripped. Like this is you are clearly Emily. You are never going to use this. Just get rid of it. Very well sealed box. It was. It was beautiful. So I was like, you know what? Put it in the trunk. I'm going to go have breakfast with Adri. And then I'm going to go drive to an antique shop. And I'm going to tell them here, do whatever the hell you want with it. So we're having breakfast. And almost to the end of breakfast time. And I was like, what are you doing the rest of the day? And she's like, oh, I'm going to go to a couple thrift stores or antique shops. Um, I really am looking for a set of China because I wanted some for my wedding and I didn't get any. Um, and I would like just like my own like classic set yeah. of China. And small, I was like, small one. oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
Adri, you are never going to believe what's in my trunk right at this moment. And you're like, what? I was like, your very own set of (laughs) antique china. And like, bless her heart. She was so sweet. She was like, oh, I could never. Oh my God. What are you talking about? I could never accept that. That's a family heirloom. I'm like, bitch, please. I am not told her everything I just told all of you, Shipper City, that it's been moved a bunch of times. It's never been open. I am not a China girl. And she was like, no, no, I couldn't do this. And I was like, why don't we just go look at it? And if you hate it, it's okay. You didn't even know it existed 30 seconds ago. Let's just go to the car. We were shady as hell. I opened up my trunk. I have this like antique roadshow set up happen. I pull out a piece. It happened to be a, uh, I believe it was a sugar dish. Um, and I was like, do you like this? pattern and she was like oh it's lovely it's everything i wanted oh but no i couldn't take it i really could it's yours i couldn't do that oh my god no absolutely not i refuse thank you but no and i was like adri have you ever we've been friends for a long time have you ever in your life seen a sugar dish in my home no and she was like well no (laughs) no i haven't And I was like, do I seem to you like somebody who would ever use a sugar dish? Be honest. And she was like, okay, no. And I was like, okay, third question, most importantly, when I host a gathering of any kind, what do I serve my food on? And she's like, paper plates. And I said, most importantly, they are paper plates that you have to bring because I forget to buy them. (laughs) I am not a China gal. You, though, you deserve this. This is you are the person that my ancestor thought she was willing this China to. She just didn't know it wasn't her own piece of garbage, great, great granddaughter. (laughs) And I was like, and I know I was like, your family, you will love it. You will take care of it. You will you will cherish it the way that it is meant to be cherished. I'm giving this to you. That to me is, again, a perfect um, and then she was like, no, you have to tell my husband because he'll think that I talked you into it. And I was like, give me your phone. So she called my husband. And so I called him and I was like, hey, stage husband, uh, I'm coming to your house and I'm dropping off some China. And he was like, what? <laughs> was he like, was very confused. I was like, your wife wants China. I have China. I'm giving it to you. There is no argument here. And he was like, oh, Okay. <laughs> So we showed up with the china and I put it on the kitchen table and we started unwrapping it. And then my history loving husband gets very interested because it's old. (laughs) It's old. It's bone, which is gross. Um, The other thing I was like, oh, fair warning. You can't put this in the dishwasher. And they both looked at me like I was so dumb. They were like, yeah, babe, we know you can't put this in the dishwasher. (laughs) It's like, just, just reminding you, it'll like dissolve into shit. And they're like, yeah, we, we understand how that works because we're grownups. <laughs> um, but Kevin, oh, sorry. It's okay. He doesn't mind. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I say, I'll just bleep it out if I have to. Um, but he found one piece that did not match the rest of the set and he turned it over and it said property of the white star line, uh, Britannica. Yeah. Britannic. It was the Britannica. And I was like, he was like, oh my gosh, do you know what this is? And I was like, proof that my great-great-grandmother was a thief. And he went, no. He went, well, no, but yes, but no. He <laughs> <laughs> was like, this is, this is from the Britannica. This is the sister ship of the Titanic. And I was like, okay, I, I don't know anything about my family history. I assume she must have come 
over on that. Um, but when she did, she stole a piece of china. <laughs> she did. And uh, and and my sweet friends would not. I was like, well, if I'm going to keep any piece, I'm keeping this. And Kevin went, I give it to you. <laughs> He's like, here, I could never accept this. I give this to you. And I was like, you're so dramatic, guys. Enjoy. Enjoy. And then I'll, I'll, and all I was thinking was like, now I don't have to drive to the antique store. <laughs> yes. Well, my, my husband <laughs> loves the Titanic. Like he has been obsessed with the Titanic since he was in second grade and he got a scholastic book about the Titanic. The fan fiction of which has now become part of Emily's and my history because that was one of the shows we did together, Titanic the Musical. Yes. And the picture of the yes. cast is actually behind me in our office. Aww. <laughs> Hi, friends. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so, so Kevin spotted that, that is the only piece that I kept. It is my change dish, um, change of jewelry dish, the, the Britannica butter dish that is evidence that my great grandmother was a thief. It's okay. Um, so yeah, so, so that's who I come from. Um, (laughs) And by comparison, Adri is the see. If we were in Regency times, I would definitely be like the the maid, and you would be the nice person that I help lace into her corset every day, um, who treats me like a human being, unlike the rest of their awful family, <laughs> just shits on me because they can. Um, so when you first read, let's pretend I'm a professional yeah. again. When you first read Pride and Prejudice, what was it that drew you in? Why did you love it? Uh, I got it as a graduation gift from my best friend in high school. And she handed it to me and said, I love this book to death. You're going to love it too. And she gave me that and Jane Eyre at the same time. Um, And I read, I stayed up all night and I read Pride and Prejudice straight through. I hadn't seen the movie Mm -hmm. at that point, but what pulled me in was I understood, I understood the social hierarchy that, that you've been mm-hmm. you know, rebelling against your, your little <laughs> bit there. Um, but what I loved about it is that Jane Austen tends to flip that on its head. And mm-hmm. I, I kind of understood that even, even as an 18 year old, she doesn't necessarily make her characters this, the standard type. They have mm-hmm. huge character flaws. And they are picking at the tiny little chinks in the Regency armor because there's no reason that Lizzie should have uh, said no to either of the two proposals she actually gets. She gets proposed Mm -hmm. to by Mr. Uh, Collins, who is her father's cousin, distant cousin, who's set to inherit the the family property. Um, Mm -hmm. He wants to marry Jane, but Mrs. Bennett kind of Starts in there and is like, oh, she's about to be engaged, she thinks, to, to Mr. Bingley. And so Dar- uh, Collins is like, okay, I can't have her. Whoop, we'll just move over here. Oh, pretty girl type thing. And the 1995... We don't like Mr. Collins, no, right? No, we do not like Mr. Collins. In 1995 right. version, he is so oily and so creepy. The I feel bad <laughs> because every time I see the actor in anything else, it's always like, ew, <laughs> gross. <laughs> um... But he basically lays out, you're never going to get another proposal as good as this because you will inherit your mother's place in this house. You will have a stable life. Mm -hmm. And 
Jane has her heroine be like, not if I have to sleep with you. Yeah, <laughs> which that's I mean, that was probably a big, huge deal. It was a when... huge deal. And then yeah. to turn down Darcy, even though his proposal runs more along the lines of what you said in your review, which is your family sucks, <laughs> but I like you. Um, it, that's essentially what he, she he tells her. And that's partly right. why she says if you had I something about his gentleman-like behavior, not behaving like a gentleman. Mm-hmm. And it's literally like she sucker punched him. He walks out of there going, I have no idea what the hell happened. I don't, I'm so clueless. I have no idea what is going Darcy. on. He's, he's, he's lost. And he, there's a meme that went around that was like, I don't feel sorry for anyone in Pride and Prejudice except Georgiana because you know Darcy went back to the house and was like sitting there with ye old Ben and Jerry's just like, she hates me. <laughs> well, yeah. I have cause... seen that. Yeah, I've seen that. Where he's just like, like, nobody takes into account how Georgiana had to deal with her mopey ass yes. brother whining. <laughs> yeah. Now, my husband and I, Pride and Prejudice is special to us because that's actually how we met also. Um, a friend of ours in college had invited us and several other people over to watch the miniseries version, which I had gotten uh, for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And that's how Kevin and I met. And we did, we talked the whole night long. But he has mm-hmm. he also likes Pride and Prejudice. And he looks at it from a slightly different point. And I kind of understand, as a guy, he's looking at Darcy going, he's shy. He right. he has social anxiety. He doesn't understand how, you know, why this is not okay. And he Mm -hmm. grows up with Lizzie by Lizzie telling him no. And Mm -hmm. no, it's not okay for you to have done this to Charles and Jane. No, it is not okay for you to have, even though my family really is terrible and my mom is a gossip and my dad really doesn't do anything that he should be doing. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, yes, my other, my other sisters are just terrible and they're, they're horrible flirts or they don't understand <laughs> that they are actually tone deaf and shouldn't be right. playing piano. You're Which right, one was that? Was that you're not Mary? supposed to say she was that. The, was she the, she's the one who's so bad at piano, but she's like, and she's also like kind of ignored by everybody. That's Mary. Yeah. I feel sorry Mary. for Mary. Wow, wow. I, I really Poor do Mary. feel sorry for Mary. Poor Mary. Poor Mary. <laughs> Which is what I actually love. The two chapters that I love the most of the of the fan fiction that I told you about mm-hmm. focused on her, and they actually gave her yeah. a hist- uh, like a, a future. I was like, oh no, I to- I'm totally down with this. Thank you for giving Mary like an actual future, other than just being stuck at Mrs. Bennett's side with. Oh, you have no idea how my poor nerves suffer. Yes, I do. Oh, They've been my friends these last twenty years. <laughs> And I take great delight um, in tormenting you. <laughs> what? Um, so, so like we just said about the, you know, your friend gave it to you when you were 18. They made that version of, they made the miniseries in mm-hmm. 1995. They, um, they redid it in 2005 mm-hmm. with Kieran Knightley, um, which is the one, it's so funny when, I say I don't like Pride and Prejudice. That one inevitably comes up as somebody's like, "Well, you have to watch the 2005 version," and yeah. and I and I'm like, "Well, no, I have," and they're like, <laughs> "And you still don't like it?" <laughs> like, listen, it's just 
it, it just is what it is. But it's like, to me, it's always like, if somebody says like, if somebody said to you like, yeah, I just don't like the Beatles. And you were like, but have you heard Let It Be? Like, yes, <laughs> I shockingly I have. And I still don't like yeah. it. Um, so that's the one that always, everybody always is like, what do you mean? What? What's, it's so perfect. Um, but when I hear you talk about adaptations and it, and it is, you know, uh, like I said, there was the Bridget Jones yep. stuff. There's, it's still so popular it and it's so immersed in modern culture. Like it's, it's funny to me that I still can't go a week, uh, especially on Tumblr, without hearing or seeing some reference to Pride and Prejudice. So, in your opinion, what do you think it is about the story that sort of transcends? the social constructs of the Regency era and time? And why do you think it's still so popular? I think part of it is because the characters are so real. Because mm -hmm. they have such huge character flaws. We want to see them change. We want to see them grow. And in some cases, mm -hmm. Jane Austen set up this perfect scenario. It's, it's basically she's writing Hallmark movies before, you know, Hallmark was obviously. Uh, she wrote this in 1813. But um, right. it it breaks with, in some cases what they would have expected, but it sets up this modern um, she's got, all, as Sheldon Cooper says in The Big Bang Theory, she's got all the pride, he's got the prejudice, or however it is, and you know, it just works. <laughs> but even when you can, and you can even flip-flop their characters. You mm -hmm. could have you could do a gender swap. I think Hallmark did that with um, Lacey Chabert. They did a gender swap mm -hmm. where the Lizzie character is um, a guy and the Darcy mm -hmm. character is a girl. It it still works because you have these characters who meet and there's instant conflict, but there's also instant attraction. The last time I read the book all the way through, I had just been talking about it with my husband, so I was very focused on the guy perspective. And mm -hmm. he pines for her quite a bit. And mm -hmm. I was like, oh, no, I get this now. Like, he's he's kind of, like, drooling over her because he's not allowed to touch her unless right. they're dancing or unless he's helping her up onto a carriage, which is why in the 2005 version they actually focus <laughs> in on the hand, like, spasming. Um, uh -huh. mm -hmm. But it is a classic formula for a good story i mean you got character one character two uh there's this huge problem that has to be dealt with one or the other of them has to give give a little bit and mm -hmm. darcy literally ends up having to or not having to he chooses he chooses to come riding to the bennett family's um rescue because he could have just left lydia and wickham in london and had a huge mm -hmm. scandal and the family could have just been plunged into instant um, shame, which then would have led mm -hmm. to eventual poverty as well. Because if you, do, if you can't run your house like a business, you're going to have no money. Right. In this time um, period. Now, when, because my brain is, is fanfic driven. Yeah. If I were to explain this or, um, kind of summarize, I guess, would you say this would be considered like an enemies to lovers trope? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Now we love an enemies to lovers trope. Yeah, it's as a whole. It's very, very much enemies to lovers in in certain aspects. I mean, 
every time we see we see that enemies to lovers, there's always the like, oh, but he's cute type or. Right. Yeah. There's, I mean, I think that you can't really, because it's that whole, the opposite of love isn't hate, it's indifference. So I don't think you can hate somebody without being drawn to them yeah. in some yes. way. Um, so there's, there's always that pull. Like I get that. I, you know, it's just, yeah, it's, there's the pull, there's the, okay. Yes. On top of this person being insufferable, they have to be attractive too. like how absolute dare they, like yeah. there's always, you know, there's that added level of tension. Yeah. Um, and I mean, and, and the pining that happens is also a classic part of mm -hmm. enemies to lovers because somebody comes around first yeah. always. And there's the idea of, and, and enemies to lovers is the eventuality. But what I really like in the middle of that trope is the enemies to people who mutually respect yes. each other, and who acknowledge that there are good things about the other person. There's definitely that moment in Pride, Pride and Prejudice because um, Darcy comes back early from a trip to London and he shows up at the Pemberley house while Elizabeth is there with her her aunt and uncle. And mm -hmm. in the 1995 version, we have the classic Colin Firth coming, you know, swimming scene. But um, right. just literally bumping into each other, like now the 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 situation has changed. Now Darcy's on his home turf. He's comfortable here. He's got his own support mm -hmm. system. So he's right. not acting the way that he was then. And he starts to act differently toward Lizzie and she starts to also realize. So they're very much on the same mutual thing. Um, there's actually a Pride and Prejudice musical, which is available on Amazon Prime. And my husband liked two parts of it. One was the character <laughs> of Mary who is the character who comes out in a very deadpan face and says where they are and what time of year it is, Netherfield, spring, and then turns around and goes, joins the thing. The other thing he liked was Darcy realizing that Lizzie exists, which comes out with the actor going, oh, dear God, I like her eyes. <laughs> and then he breaks into song. But as, as do. one does. But yeah, um, those are the two parts my husband really enjoyed was Mary and that little bit. But yeah, they're, they start out as, as enemies or at least antagonists, definitely. Mm -hmm. And right. Darcy doesn't, <laughs> Darcy doesn't understand teasing. And Lizzie likes mm -hmm. to tease. And okay. she teases him and he, it's kind of like, he's like, but, but what pretty girl did, huh? I'm confused. I don't know. I don't like this. And he's so awkward. He's so awkward. And I think that's why everybody also right now, why everybody likes him because it's like, Oh, don't be mean to him. I hate Wickham. <laughs> like they like you, you vacillate between the two. Cause you know, he's right. the bad guy. Um, okay. So what was I going to say to you? Mm, I had a thing. Yeah. We've got it's... that. We, Oh, the, the level part I, is my favorite part of the whole story. Well, and, and when, um, I've seen, you know, kind of deep dives, he said on Tumblr, I can't go a week without somebody bringing up pride and prejudice. Um, I need to pull you over there from Pinterest. I got you into Pinterest. Now I have to <laughs> drag you into the hellscape that is Tumblr, um, so that you can just have so much fun reblogging all this stuff. <laughs> um, but, uh, somebody else had said that one of the reasons that it's enduring is that the love story itself centers around a man who has basically never been told no mm -hmm. 
or he had kind of been given everything that he's ever needed or wanted. Um, and then being told, no, you're not good enough mm -hmm. because of the way that you're acting. And that not only does he change his behavior because of that, that it, this is what instigates a change in him, but also when he comes back to her, it's, it's not with the expectation that she's going to say yes. Mm -hmm. And he has that line of like one word from you and it'll silence me forever. Yeah. And somebody was like, and isn't that all what we really, we really want is some man to say, like, just say when and I'll shut up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he definitely, <laughs> like, when they meet again okay, that after he's saved Lydia, he has no expectations. Like he, they don't even mm -hmm. talk the first time that they see each other because Bingley comes running back to the Bennett house and he's just, he's talking away, blah, blah, blah. He, Cause he's kind of, you know, not a cinnamon roll, but he's kind of a chihuahua puppy that just doesn't shut up, but you love him. Um, right. And Darcy's just standing there kind of staring at Elizabeth. Like, I don't know what to do and I can't run away and help. <laughs> And then he leaves and she's like, what? Okay. Does he not want to talk to me? But then he comes back and he asks her to go for okay. a walk. And that's when they go for the walk with all of the great cinematography in 2005 yeah. with the early morning light and the or pre sunset light, whatever it is, it's freaking golden hour. And it's like the great lens flares oh, yes. and it's, you know, yeah. the scene everybody knows. Oh yeah. And the, the 2005 version has a line that is not in Jane Austen and doesn't make any really even any sense to me, which is the hands are your hands are cold. Um, he's just said, I love you. I love you. I love you. And then you say, well, then your hand, your hand, your hands are cold. But she's the more important thing is that she's holding them and she's put her chin on them mm -hmm. as a way to keep them warm. So it's, it's her cute. way of saying, I, I accept you. But mm -hmm. I started looking up all of the different um versions of pride and prejudice uh -huh. there are some legit ones um somebody's written a three novel series that are all from darcy's point of view called fitzwilliam darcy gentleman which my okay. husband has you mentioned pride and mm -hmm. prejudice and zombies um mm -hmm. which has the best um refusal scene in my mind because she's mm -hmm. throwing stuff at his head while she's saying no <laughs> um one of my favorites is a sequel, Death Comes to Pemberley, um, which was made into a movie as well. I think, okay, I saw one of those sequels. I think it might have been Death Comes to Pemberley because I want to say it's the one that has Jenna Louise Coleman playing Lydia. Yes, and she gets slapped, finally. Yes, <laughs> yes, she does get slapped. Yeah. And, and she's... Uh, I know she's awful. I know she's supposed to be just like an unredeemable, horrible little sister character. But I love that actress so much. It's hard to hate Lydia when it's Jenna Coleman. <laughs> it's it's so hard. She is so sweet. She has those gigantic mm -hmm. eyes and like her just perfect little cherub face. And I just remember the one scene where she's crying and somebody's giving her like pudding or something sweet to eat and she's like i couldn't eat a mouthful i swear and she's just like shoving food into her face like everything that everybody gives her she's just like eating yeah. and um yeah so is that is that death that comes is to death pemberley? Comes to pemberley okay. yeah um okay. the indian cinema cinema has made a version of it called bride and prejudice um mm -hmm. which is amazing it has um martin henderson from virgin river in the darcy mm -hmm. character um, and it's a modern version. 
which uh, it's Bolly, it's Bollywood, it's Bollywood. right? Yeah. It worked so mm-hmm. well with that. Um, I actually I loved that one. Bridget Jones is another. Um, and I have these tagged in my notes as legitimate fan fiction, Hallmark, other books, and then like other <laughs> fan fiction. Um, but one of my favorites is Austin Land. And I've read the okay. book and I've seen the movie with Carrie Russell and JJ Fields. And I love it. It's so adorable mm-hmm. because it deals with that kind of problem in a way where we get so obsessed with Mr. Darcy that we forget to look at the real guys that are around us Mm -hmm. Um, and we expect them to act like Mr. Darcy and it's like you're missing the point of Darcy if you're expecting them all to act like Darcy at the end of the book. Darcy at the beginning and the middle of the book needs a little help. (laughs) But it's a it's yeah I think I mean actually I think that's a really good uh, a good point to make is also a lot of the um, I guess the part of what's something that I have always kind of felt when listening to people talk about how much they love Pride and Prejudice and how much they like, and the, you know, the big romantic size and the, the hard eyes and whatnot. Um, and, and this is not, this is not about, this is not coming from you because you don't ever sit there and be like, oh, but he's just so wonderful. (laughs) I've actually never heard you say that about Mr. Darcy, um, which is (laughs) refreshing because my focus whenever I've read it or watched the movie is like this guy, I I know he's awkward. I know like, and I, as an adult now I can sit back and be like, oh, poor guy. He just doesn't know how to talk to women. Like that's just. That's just rough. Um, but when I was, especially when I was a teenager, I was like, this guy's a douchebag. Like, <laughs> this guy is such a dick. Yeah. Why? Like, why? It, like, what would she do other than refuse his proposal? Like, that makes perfect sense to me. Um, and so, like, all of that romanticizing about, like, oh, everybody wants a Mr. Darcy. Not Mr. Darcy from the no. beginning of the book, they don't. No, we want the one like, from the end. No, what everybody wants is someone who can be humble enough to be like, oh, wow, I guess I was really a dick. Let me make myself better and apologize yeah. genuinely. My husband actually um, said when he read it, because he read it for school the very first time he read it. Mm-hmm. He said he wasn't expecting Lizzie and Darcy to end up together. He was expecting Darcy... Yeah to be, end up alone and for Lizzie to end mm-hmm. up with Darcy's cousin, Colonel Fitzwilliam, who she meets uh, while she's on another trip. Uh, she meets mm-hmm. him and Darcy together. They're at Lady Catherine de Bourgh's and Darcy's kind of still being himself at that point. He's still the prickly, you know, um, yeah. shy person. Colonel Fitzwilliam is kind of like Mr. Bingley. He's kind, he's funny. He takes mm-hmm. her for, like he goes for walks with her. He pays attention yeah. to her. But it's also there that Darcy starts to realize that Lizzie likes to tease because she and mm-hmm. she and Fitzwilliam tease each other, Colonel Fitzwilliam. Mm-hmm. So Darcy is like, oh, wait, she she's teasing. Right. She's making him so, laugh. Like, she's Why? not being mean. I want to play too, yeah. but I don't know how. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's that it's that idea of seeing, you know, seeing somebody in a different atmosphere and in a different yeah. light you know, making, again, making you realize like, oh, I misjudged yeah. them. Yeah, and Darcy isn't the only one who changes and grows up. Lizzie does too. Right. And I think that's also part of the appeal. Like we we see characters that grow and that change and that mm-hmm. um, that improve as, and they, and they end up helping each other. 
yeah. which, which is, is what we all want. It is what we want. And that's what you should look for in, I mean, in, in any relationship, yeah. friendship or, or romantic is somebody who brings out the best in mm-hmm. you and who makes you want to be a better person, yep. I think is, is also really important. Um, which is what happens in, in Pride and Prejudice. Um, now, did you ever, and this will be my last question before we talk about the fix, because um, we're getting close to my usual my usual time limit here. I don't want to keep you all day. I know we could both talk to each other <laughs> literally all have day and have, so I won't, <laughs> I won't tempt either of us. Um, but have you ever written Pride and Prejudice fic? Um, no, not specifically. Okay. I read a lot of it, um, mm-hmm. but... I have one kind of in the works, but it's not for Lizzie and Darcy. It's for Kitty because. Okay. That was my next question was, was there a perspective that you would want to see um, that you would like to explore either it's what you look for when you read fic or what you would consider writing? Um, well, we all know Adrian likes a happy ending and my, my she sister does. actually will check with me. Like, do you like this movie? If, I, cause if not, I'm not going to watch it. Um, uh-huh. But um, I, I love going through either fanfiction.net or AO3 and using the filters to be like, no, I want, I I want it completed. That's usually the first one Mm -hmm. I click on. That's the first one. Yeah. Yeah. That's important one. God bless (gasps) AO3 for having that option, right? The filter options on that site are amazing and fanfiction.net probably should catch up a little bit. Um, Oh, they never will. No, but they should. Um, But no, I, I want, I like to see sequels more, more than, Mm -hmm. um, variants or something like that. There's some really good Mm -hmm. vagaries and variations Mm -hmm. on it. Uh, Regina Jeffers writes, uh, some really good ones that are available for free on, um, Kindle. Um, Mm -hmm. and she's amazing. Like she, she understands the Regency period really, really well. Um, but I like sequels or what happens after the story. So eventually what I'm going to do is I'm going to take Tom from Mansfield Park and write him and Kitty. Oh, I like Tom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I listened to the BBC radio production of Jane Austen and Mm -hmm. um, Tom was played by David Tennant. Oh, extra nice. Yes. So that's how Tom always sounds in my head (laughs) now. Um, (laughs) Benedict Cumberbatch played Edmund in that one. Okay. Um, And I I don't know the names of the ones who played Lizzie and Darcy in that because they they just didn't stick in my head. They were delightful, but they weren't Mm -hmm. Ben and David. So I didn't listen to their names as well as I should have. Uh, But eventually that's what I'm going to going to write. I'm going to write about Kitty, about Kitty. Yeah, because she is it Kitty and Tom Kitty slash Kitty slash Tom. Yeah. 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 Um, Well, I'm sure there's a market for that because. Every single person I know would probably read it. Except me. <laughs> Thank you. I, I will send you the link once it's actually done. I'll read it because it's you. Oh, I'll you. read it because it's you. Thank you. That's you did very well reading my because... Lord of the Rings fan fiction. <laughs> I... Girl, we're gonna we're gonna do a whole nother episode on oh, Lord of the definitely. Rings, all right? That's <laughs> we have at least two more planned. Um now that I've now that I've dragged her to Shipper City, um I've I've stolen her passport, so she can't leave. Oh, I came willingly. And... I just handed it over. <laughs> <laughs> You're here now. Yeah. Um, yes. Yes. Uh, so, right. Um, what was I going to say? Shit. 
Oh, and because Shipper City, you will be proud of me to know that I have successfully converted her into a shield shock shipper oh. over the course of the last month. And I have, I can die happy. I can die accomplished because <laughs> I've, uh, there's, there's that. I've dragged one more person aboard this ship. Um, but I do feel like I tricked her a little bit because I was like, <laughs> well, if you really want to read my shield shock, I wrote a Hallmark movie. It's delightful. <laughs> Basically, I just wrote a shell jog Hallmark movie, and she was like, "Give me, give me, give me." <laughs> that is exactly what I texted you. <laughs> I was like, ah, "Come into my, welcome to my home," said the spider to the fly. <laughs> um, so yeah, so she's one of us now, one and of us, um, one, of us. one of us. Yep, she is, <laughs> and she's never going back. Nope, <sighs> never. Um, so yeah, so if you write about Kitty and Tom, I will read okay. it. Um, and I'm sure I will love it. And I loved this conversation. Aww. I thought it was very civil. <laughs> it was very civil. My mother would be proud of us. <laughs> I know. I say maybe she shouldn't listen to it because I do swear a lot. And she's delicate. My mother loves you. And so does my dad. And he still <laughs> thinks that the WBFR thing you, he, you did where you were flirting with him was the most f- fun he's ever had at a show. <laughs> <laughs> I know your dad is fun to flirt with. Um, <laughs> he was also wounded at the time, so you just included that in. Couldn't, his... He couldn't get away. Also, yeah. <laughs> that's how I like my men: older and unable to leave. Um, <laughs> she was pretending he was a a wounded soldier from World War II, when in reality uh-huh. he had broken his ankle in a farming accident. <laughs> Listen, stepping on a stepping on a, a landmine is a lot cooler story. Okay. Yes, it is. Stepping on a landmine in northern France in 1943 was a lot cooler story than a random farming accident. Yeah, so, especially since they um, seem to we, happen frequently at my parents' house. <laughs> we did read before I let you yeah. leave. Um, we did read one fic this week, and I do want to talk about it because we always do a fic. Um, so we have a bunch of I have a bunch of uh, links to share with you guys, Shipper City, in the show notes about like Austin Land, Death Comes to Pemberley, Bride and Prejudice, where you can find all those things. But we also did read a fic um, called The Beginning of the Former Bennets yeah. by Skid with a Y. Skied, maybe? I think it was Skid. I think it was Skid. That's how I said it in my head. <laughs> so, sorry if it's Skied. We think it's Skid. Um, but, uh, what did you think of this fic? I can I can tell that this person, because I read all the notes <laughs> that were at the mm-hmm. bottom of it as well. This person did mm-hmm. a lot of research. And yes. I was very impressed with the historical research that went into it. Um, Absolutely. I, I appreciated the, tr- the, there is a trigger warning mm-hmm. on it, which was much appreciated. Um, mm-hmm. And it's one that I understand. Um, and I appreciated that there were, also two different options for certain characters. If you didn't necessarily yes. like, you know, the way that mm-hmm. one went, try this one. I yeah. loved them all. I loved every single mm-hmm. chapter. I read them all on my phone while my husband was watching. I think the amazing race. I'm not sure, um, <laughs> but they were delightful. I was so tickled to read them because they seemed like they could have actually happened. Yeah, um, I thought that, especially considering 
me not being intimately familiar with the source material, um, the fact that I was able to very clearly picture these characters and just accept like, well, yeah, that makes perfect sense for what would have happened to them. I thought it was realistic. I thought it matched the tone of the original very well. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know this for a fact because there were words I had to look up. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Which one? Oh, <laughs> actually, uh, you talk more about what you like, and I'll try and find okay. the word that I couldn't. Um, I, <laughs> I like I said I said earlier that I really liked the Mary uh, time uh, timeline that was set up for post uh, the original because what Jane did was she wrote essentially an epilogue chapter and just basically mm-hmm. gave each person a paragraph. We don't know if Lizzie and Darcy ever had had kids. Uh, we assume that they probably did, or but you could also like this author. Spoiler alert: um, they chose a different a different path for that. But I loved that Mary was given an opportunity to kind of blossom, and it wasn't yeah it wasn't unrealistic. Like she met somebody, and it was kind of like this little meet cute where it, like it seemed like she kind of literally bumped into him in a store. <laughs> type thing yeah so yeah yeah it was I loved that um Lydia is one of the ones that's given two different Mm -hmm. storylines that two different ways they could go one got really dark (laughs) and I was like did did she yeah did she really oh I kind of like that let's say she she this woman I assume it's woman sorry this author yeah really in one chapter gave Lydia the business she did she really did. And you could tell at the, at the point she, who, this author wrote it, they did not like Lydia at all. No, no, that was very, very obvious. And yeah. then flip to the next chapter and it's like, if you thought that was a little harsh, here's an alternate <laughs> universe. It's like, whoops. <laughs> but even that one was so realistic. I was like, yeah, that also totally could have happened. And it wasn't like, yeah, so the, you know, the, um, the, what's the word I'm looking for? The first ending was like, if it got as bad as it could get for Lydia and Wickham, here's how it would have gone. And the second one was not like, but then we also give Lydia like, what if everything goes the way Lydia wants it to go? Like it Mm -hmm. wasn't, she still learned her lesson and she still it just wasn't quite so dark. Yes. Um, but yeah, it, it, it wasn't the happy ending that maybe Lydia would have, have wanted for herself. But it was a fulfilling ending. But it was a fulfilling one. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. I can't find this word. I know there was one that I had to look up. Damn it. That's okay. Should have, should have found it. But yeah, I'm going to be a bad host if I keep scrolling. <laughs> That's okay. I don't want to do that. Um, but so, yeah, so I liked, I really, like, I really, really liked all of these um, all of these endings. Now, I did think when she said that that Darcy and Elizabeth didn't have any children. The only thing that I thought was, but I thought they did in Death Comes to Pemberley. They do in they Death Comes to Pemberley. Okay, it's never written if they have children or not in the original source material. Okay, um, okay, because it ends essentially with the wedding, right. and we know right. we know a little bit of what happens after because we know that Lydia does beg for money from her sister. Mm-hmm. We know that mm-hmm. if, that Wickham is never invited to Pemberley, but Lydia sometimes is. Um, mm-hmm. But because it's 1813, I don't think they could really 
say that you know they got pregnant they would have had to use that right. french word on, um it's not ennui that's bored um enciente yeah. or whatever however mm-hmm. it's pronounced mm-hmm. um that might be the spanish influence <laughs> i was gonna say that that sounded a little a little spanish but yeah <laughs> um but uh this author chose spoiler alert to give them no children Mm-hmm. I don't right. know where the Pemberley estate would have gone because that's kind of like Downton Abbey-esque. Like there has to yeah. be a, an heir. I mean, it could have gone an to heir, right. Georgiana for all we know. Right, right. Cause, I hope it did. Yeah, <laughs> it probably did. Because <laughs> the, the other thing that Jane Austen does is she does p- put her characters in very realistic situations for their time period. So if you don't mm-hmm. understand what an entailment is or something like mm-hmm. that, one, you could watch right. a Downton Abbey episode from episode from season one. They explain that really <laughs> well. Or you could look it up. And basically, the Bennett girls cannot inherit the house because they're girls. It has to go to yes. a male uh, relative, right. which sucks, right. but is totally, totally legit. Even though there's... Patriarchy spoils the fun yet again. Yeah. <laughs> Even though there's actually biblical precedent where that doesn't have to be in existence. But whatever. That's say, the way but, that you know, British did things. It's nice to know that cherry picking the Bible to make rules is not a new occurrence. Yeah. But one that has stood the test of time. Well, there's actually two girls who come to, I think it's Joshua in the book of Numbers or something like that. And they're like, hey, our dad, who's like your best friend, doesn't have any sons. Can we get the land instead? And he's like, uh, sure. He's like, sure, whatever. I don't care. Yeah, well, he's like, well, your dad was pretty awesome, and as long as you know, he adopts your your as as long as whoever it is gets adopted into your father's family, sure, why not? Mm-hmm. And they're like, cool. That was not the case for the Bennets. No, slash Darcy's. Yeah. Um. But okay, so yeah, so I really I really enjoyed this. I thought it was very true to the true to the the original mm-hmm. i thought it made perfect sense um yeah it flowed very well it did and it was it was a quick read it's nine thousand sorry nine chapters i think it's twelve thousand yeah. words it didn't feel like that much i read it in i mean i read it actually this morning mm-hmm. just like over my coffee it was not a hard read at all very easy and these are just the yeah these are just epilogues these are individual epilogues for each character mm-hmm. um which is a really cute idea so i'm really glad that you picked this yeah, one because thanks. i really enjoyed it you're most welcome um all right well friend i don't feel like either of us changed each other's no. mind which is the point <laughs> um but i really enjoyed this conversation I did too and i'm so glad that you came to stay with us I in super city too. and i can't wait to drag you in front of the microphone again. Um, <laughs> Anytime. Either we're, I'll say we're either going to talk about Loki or we're going to talk about Lord of the Rings. You pick. Okay. Um, <laughs> tell me. We'll do up a worksheet. And um, yeah, do you have any any closing thoughts um, on, on Pride and Prejudice or Jane Austen or our friendship? <laughs> our friendship is rock <laughs> solid and it's awesome and it's one of the best things in my life. Um, Jane Austen is amazing. Um, if you can't really get through the books, do try watching any of the multiple adaptations that BBC or anybody has done. Mm -hmm. Um, because the stories still will make sense. Yes. You can laugh at the costumes as much as you want. My husband (laughs) and I do frequently. 
Um, but Pride and Prejudice is maybe a good way to start. There's all sorts mm-hmm. of good ones. We'll have to talk about M's favorite at some point. <laughs> Which I only love because I watched the movie a billion times when I was in like seventh grade. For some reason, it was it was we had it on VHS and I was like, I'll just watch this until I break the tape. I loved Mansfield Park. <laughs> Don't know why. Yeah. And I also I also love that Jane is not afraid to basically poke holes in her own society and make little, mm-hmm. you know, de- her wit is amazing because very often it, you it takes you a second to realize, oh, wait, she just dissed somebody or something or something right. like that. So give her give her a chance if you if you haven't. And it, at least if you can you can appreciate the different s- aspects of the story, even if you mm-hmm. it's not for you. <laughs> Yeah. And I think, I think that's, that's kind of where we landed uh, with me. I can appreciate the aspects. I can appreciate how revolutionary it was for the time period, especially, and why it has the lingering effects. But as far as it goes, it's just not for me, but that's okay because it's for literally billions (laughs) of other people. And that's wonderful. Doesn't have, everything does not have to be for me. I'm okay with that. Um, Especially because somebody I love so much, it's very much for her. So (laughs) That's fine. Um, Shipper City, you have so much to read and watch this week. Uh, you have a great fic. You have books. You have movies. You have a whole author to us to discover. You have all kinds of stuff. So you're good for a minute. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Adri, thank you so you're much for joining welcome, us. Babe. This was a ball and a half. Yeah. And I can't wait to bring you back. Oh, I'll be back. So You good. took my passport. I can't get out of here. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. <laughs> Haha, ha, I win. <laughs> that's, that's the uh, the Hotel California aspect of Shipper City. Nobody tells you about on the pamphlets, but you've checked in. That's it. We'll just go out on the SS, you know, shield on the shield shock. shock the SS while. shield shock. Yep. Now my next one is to get you on the Fleur de Louvre. Uh, that's that's my next. Ooh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's my next one. So don't worry. Um, all right. But in the meantime, you guys enjoy your week. Enjoy your fix, your movies, your books, whatever you decide to read in the Pride and Prejudice world. There is so much. Um, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And above all else, get your ship together. <laughs>